Arnold Palmer is the Masters champion of 1960. Maybe. Yes, sir. Can you believe it? Nick Faldo. Many doubted we'd ever see it. But here it is. The return to glory. Hello, friends. A tradition unlike any other begins today. It's Thursday, April 6th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. The Masters begins today, and here to tee it up is our senior writer, Mike McCarthy. Welcome, Mike. Great to be here, Owen. So let's just start real basic. Why, why is the Masters the Masters? I mean, I know for some people that's like saying, why is the Super Bowl the Super Bowl? But what makes this the biggest, most important tournament in golf? There's a couple of reasons, Owen. Uh, the Masters' final round ratings dwarf that of the other three majors. The U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, uh, and the uh, Open Championship. It's the first major of the year, and it's really a rite of spring. It's like the Kentucky Derby and opening day. We love the Masters because it's a rebirth every year that we can all enjoy together. Yeah, and it's got maybe a, a longer, deeper history than you know anything in golf and also anything in almost any other sport. Well, it's so rich with tradition. You know, for one thing, it's the only major that's played on the same course every year, Augusta National Golf Club. And every hole uh, at the course has a story. One of the great things about the Masters is we can all go back every year and we know the history of the course. We know the history of the holes. We know how balls are going to break on certain holes. So for uh, a golf fanatic like myself and a sports viewer like myself, it's kind of like coming home again. Yeah. And it, it also, it, it's got a broadcast home that is, it's had for a longer time than again, any other sports property. Yes, I mean, compared to the U.S. Open, which has bounced around from NBC and then a disastrous couple of years on Fox, the Masters has been telecast by CBS Sports for 68 years. That goes back to 1956 when Dwight David Eisenhower was president and Don Lawson was throwing a perfect game for the Yankees. Uh, during that time, uh, CBS has innovated many of the things we now take for granted on golf TV, such as over and under par scorekeeping and digital uh, uh, scoreboards. So the, the, the CBS presentation is part of the tradition of Masters. Jim Nance is totally associated with the Masters. He came up with the line, a tradition unlike any other, which has since been trademarked by the club. And he's going to be hosting his 36 straight Masters. Wow. That's, that's impressive. And, and yeah, it, the, the media element of it is interesting because, yeah, it's got this really, really long tradition. But yeah, now we, when we watch golf, we expect things like the shot tracker. Um, and we're doing a, a while back, uh, I did a story on a whoop, the, uh, the armband that, you know, tells you about your blood pressure and all sorts of stuff. They had live readings on, I forget which golfer at this point, but they were showing like his, his heart rate as he was golfing and how it like, yeah. actually went up after he took the shot. And, you know, the, golf is sort of more interested in those sorts of innovations than one might think. Yeah. The other thing, too, about Augusta National Owen that I think is the mystique. You know, it's a secretive private club. 
Uh, it's got a very bad history of discrimination against blacks and women. So th there's a lot of mystique and a lot of questions and a lot of mystery still surrounding this club, which you don't have with the organizers of the other majors. It does feel like, you know, what, what people stereotype golf as is like this country club, elitist, you know, yeah, all that. Um because it wants to maintain that reputation while casting off its history of you know, not letting women in, not letting black people in. Well, I mean, Augusta has come around in recent years, but, you know, change comes slowly uh, to the club. But, you know, it has uh, changed its membership policies. It has admitted uh, many black uh, members, many female members. And now you've even got the Augusta National Women's Amateur. So times change. Yeah, yeah. And for the better in this case. We have uh, another interesting narrative alongside all this, which is that, you know, obviously the Masters doesn't have teams, but this year feels like it kind of does have teams because we've got Live Golf and we've got PG, the PGA Tour, and there's going to be a lot of attention paid to which team is doing better. Yes. You know, if there was ever a must-win uh, tournament for the Live Golfers, I'd say it's this. Uh, Live Golf uh, has lost a lot of its momentum uh, the PGA Tour seems to be winning this battle. And what Live Golf desperately needs, Owen, is for one of their guys to win a major championship and show that they're on par with the PGA Tour. And what better place to do it than Augusta, Georgia? But you're right. There is a lot of tension in the room. I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall during the Champions Dinner when Phil Nicholson and Bubba Watson were sitting you know, across from uh, Tiger Woods and uh, the other Green Jacket winners. There is a lot of tension going in. Uh, I don't think CBS is going to cover it that much, unfortunately, because the Masters runs the show, and to the Masters, there's nothing more important than the Masters. Yeah, and I think that point is why it's been hard, actually, for Liv to really you crack through, because they've got some big names, but they don't have... They, they have to start new with... The tournaments they they have to get people excited about events that have never happened before, or it's part of the reason people get excited for the Masters and you know the players, all these these the U.S. Open. Uh, they they've been going on forever. They could say like you know now this guy is like it's his third time winning, and that puts him in this category of player. Whereas with the Live Golf tournaments, you could say okay, well Phil Mickelson's team won, uh, great, okay, um, moving on with our lives, I guess. Yeah, I mean, who cares if the high flyers won or the whatever they are. Uh, you know, what we want to know is we're watching the best golfers in the world. And when you watch a live golf tournament, you're absolutely right, Owen. It feels like an exhibition compared to a tournament that has history and weight and tradition behind it on the PGA Tour. So I, I think this is an ideal opportunity for uh, a live to put a fork in the ground and say, we're here, we're not going anywhere. And maybe the long-term strategy is to create some sort of modus vivendi between the dueling leagues where they work together. I mean, after all, sports is replete with history of dueling leagues that came together, the NFL, the AFL, the NBA, and the ABA. Yeah, yeah, I think don't think the PGA Tour is quite ready for that, but I, I imagine Liv would be. Going into this tournament, uh, what's one thing you're excited about? Uh, Tiger Woods playing. I mean, you know, th there's nobody who moves the needle on TV like Tiger. As somebody said, he doesn't move the needle. He is the needle. So, uh, you know, I'll be watching uh, every shot uh, he plays. I'm also uh, curious to see uh, about the changes on the course. I mean, you know, they lengthened uh, number 13, you know what I mean, the greatest par fives in the world. So I'm really curious to see how the players handle these changes. Mike McCarthy, great insights. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Owen, thank you. Coming up, I spoke to 2008 Masters champion and top CBS golf analyst Trevor Immelman. He provides an inside look at many of the issues Mike touched on, including what it's like to be a broadcaster when technology is providing more and more insight into the game and how the long history of the Masters impacts how we view the tournament today. We'll have that conversation right after this. Here's what's trending now. You can defer payments of a full NetSuite implementation for six months. 33,000 companies have already upgraded to NetSuite, gaining visibility and control over their financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. Everything they need to reduce manual processes, boost efficiency, build forecasts, and increase productivity. Whether your business generates millions or hundreds of millions of dollars, take advantage of this special financing offer of no payments or interest for six months at netsuite.com slash frontoffice. That's netsuite.com slash frontoffice. Okay, I am joined now by Trevor Immelman, the lead analyst for CBS Sports and the winner of the 2008 Masters. Welcome, Trevor. Hey, Owen. It's great to join you. How's things going? Yeah, things are great. Things are great. So, um, just we're, we've got the Masters coming up. I'm wondering for you, what are the biggest storylines that you see going into the tournament? Well, there's a number of big ones, uh, but for me, the two that are really standing out at this point, uh, number one is Rory McIlroy who is trying to join one of the most elite lists in all of sports, uh, trying to become the sixth guy to win the career Grand Slam in golf. And that list is uh, is pretty small. Uh, yeah, what is it, five or six or something? Yeah, five guys right now. He's trying to become the sixth. Uh, and so, you know, that really is quite something when you link with that. The popularity of Rory McIlroy, uh, extremely likable. People love him all over the world. His talent level, his ability uh, as a guy who's probably 5'8 or 5'9 to be one of the longest drivers in the professional game. And then you link that to how this golf course really, it feels like it's just made for him. And over the years, he hasn't quite been able to fully unlock it. He's had some great finishes. He actually finished second last year, but not quite been able to get to a point to where he can put on the green jacket. So that's my number one, is if he had to go ahead and win this, it would not only be uh, massively popular in our sport, but he would be able to join that, uh, that short list of career Grand Slam winners. The second one for me is the defending champion, Scotty Scheffler, just being on an absolute tear in the last couple of months, just won the players, which is a huge event, uh, really the crown jewel of the pre PGA tour, uh, beating a very, very strong field there. So he's in great form. He comes in as the world number one. He comes in as the defending champion, but with some of the other storylines, you know, including Tiger Woods, who we haven't don't often see compete nowadays. Uh, even though he is the world number one and the defending champ, he seems to be like flying under the radar here, which is unusual. Uh, and Scotty Scheffler's demeanor is just perfectly suited, in my opinion, for a moment like this. Uh, he's just so calm, never panics, um, keeps everything in great perspective. And, uh, and I kind of like his chances to repeat. And if he does that, 
he'll only be the fourth guy to have done that between Nicholas Woods and Felder. So two really cool things that those two guys are going for right there. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Tiger Woods. Obviously, he's he's a legend with, with almost no no one to really compare him to. But is he a, a, a real factor in terms of, you know, who's going to be competing for the top spots here? Uh, my mind says no. But my heart says something different. And the reason why I'm conflicted on that is because uh, having known him for, you know, more than two decades and having to compete against him for two decades, I have learned and I've been taught a lesson on so many occasions, never, ever, ever to doubt him or to count him out. But the thing that I'm concerned most about with the injuries uh, that he's been dealing with and the rehab process that he's gone through, is he going to be able to, to recover quick enough day after day to be able to keep his body in a position to where he can go ahead and fire on all cylinders? Because that walk around Augusta National is it's pretty demanding. Yeah, it's funny. I, I honestly um, don't think about that enough. They're just like the physical impact of walking through this whole course um, and how demanding that is and how it can wear you down over the course of a day. No doubt about it, particularly when you start adding stress to that. And when you play Augusta National, every shot is on such a knife edge uh, where you have so little, particularly on approach shots, so little space uh, to work with if you want to get close to the hole. So, um, you know, mentally and emotionally, you're, you're pretty ramped up and that, that wears you out too. So golf analysis has, especially on TV, has gotten very high tech in recent years. You, you, there are certain sort of tech enhancements that people have just come to expect now. Um, and also in terms of the the products people can buy, uh, there's all sorts of stuff that analyzes your swing, your game, your putting, everything. What kind of insights can you bring to the game now that maybe you couldn't before? A large number. And if we, we just isolate uh, now, for me, leading up to the Masters, and you look at what IBM and Augusta National have created in partnership with the app. I'm not sure if you've had a chance to check out the Masters app. But it is, it's the best app in sports by a long way. Uh, what you're able to experience and the things you're able to learn through using that app has really allowed so many people, I'll take myself out of this as a broadcaster for right now, but so many fans around the world to really get um, a, a unique experience into how the players are playing uh, with the scoring predictions, hole-for-hole hole scoring predictions. This year, there's going to be AI-generated commentary uh, as you're able to watch every shot of every golfer. And so you don't have to be on site to be able to create an amazing experience. And so now, for me, I'm also able to use that. So it's really, really cool for a guy in my position uh, trying to entertain people on TV with the insight that I'm able to pick up through the data and then try and, um, uh, you know, explain different char characteristics of different shots and what these players may be going through. So the Masters is going to be another high-profile meeting between live golfers and PGA Tour golfers. Uh, how do you see that shaping the drama and the stakes in this tournament? Is it is it just 
once you're on the green, is it golf or do you feel like there's a bit of an added emotional element here? I think there's an added emotional element. I think we would all be a little bit naive not to acknowledge that. Uh, the professional game has been fractured for the last couple of years and everybody is working their way, th their way through that slowly but surely. And this is going to be the first time in 2023 that players from both tours are going to be in the same place at the same time. And so I do think there will be moments where it can be a touch awkward and it's going to be a little bit different. But a couple things I know for sure. Once the tournament kicks off, all these guys, it's, it's business time. And they're going to get going and they have one thing on their mind and that is winning the green jacket. And before that, getting themselves in a position uh, with the, uh, by the time the final round comes around to, to be in a spot to be able to win the green jacket. And the second thing, and for me, maybe the most important, is the Masters is bigger than any individual player that has ever come before and is ever around now and will ever come after. And so I think that is going to be something that everybody can grab onto as well. Because, you know, there may be players out there that have some um, personal opinions or issues that they may have. But at the end of the day, the Masters is so much bigger than any of that. And the Masters and, you know, a few other tournaments, the players, um, I think they're hallowed ground and no one's really going to mess with those anytime soon. But do you see a movement in golf, you know, par partially spurred by Liv, but also now we've got uh, Woods and McElroy's coming league, the tomorrow, the, the golf league and their company, Tomorrow Sports. And um, and you know, we've got the Waste Management Open as kind of this funny exception in in the PGA world where things are loud and raucous. Do you see golf moving in that louder, more raucous, more exciting direction or or is that still more the aberration uh well look i think it's been coming for quite some time uh you know back when i was playing on the dp world tour and we're talking like 2017 18 19 we had music on the range then already and um so that's been around for quite some time as part of the fan experience as they watch watching players warm up or uh, practice after their rounds uh, like you touched on, waste management has been quite an experience and quite a thrill uh, for shucks. Um, really, since Tiger turned pro in the mid to late 90s, so that's been around for a long time. And, uh, you know, the tour, PGA Tour has always had massive skyboxes and hospitality at, at uh, all their tournaments all over the country and all over the world, really, and uh, when they leave U.S. shores. So, you know, all this, it, it's been slowly but surely moving in that direction is, is the answer that, that I will give you. Even though, like I touched on earlier, the, the professional game has been a bit fractured over the last couple of years, I still think we're, we're on, a, on a, a growth path at the moment. And, uh, you know, for me personally, I'm just happy to be a small part of that. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Trevor Immelman, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Awesome to join you, Aaron. Thanks so much. That's it for today. Leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, or just tell a friend to check out the show. It makes a big difference to us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.